this is I Saw That Movie MCB. This is Mark. Hello. I used to work in a video store. He lives in one. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to talk about a movie day. Sorry. Sorry. We're not going to watch a movie. <laughs> that would be really boring for you as the listener. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be boring anyway. It's going to be boring. I, I <laughs> <laughs> like, really? We're going to talk about a movie that Mark has watched, and I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 We're going to do that. Let's do that. Really low energy right now. Oof, yeah. <laughs> Shake it off. It's the morning, you know? It is early. I've been it's up like all, the crack of 10 o'clock. I've been up all morning editing the What I Watched on CB Summer Vacation episode that we recorded last year. <laughs> that was like, it was like just me talking, us talking about like 30 fucking movies that, that I watched. watched. Yeah. It was like, it was just us like, no, yes, no, <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, man, like, and just, you know, a bunch of non sequiturs like usual. But yeah, that one's coming out today. Sounds like a great one. <laughs> yeah, gotta put something out, you know. <laughs> you gotta keep the fans happy. Yeah. The fans. All seven of them. <laughs> we have 22. We have 22. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 22 fans. Hello, all 22 of Hi, you. Hi, all of you. You could come into my house and we could have a party. Why don't we have a, <laughs> we should have a live episode where you just pour into the. Yes. To the video vaults here. and Yeah. All 22 of you just sit around and watch <laughs> me read off of my phone. <laughs> so you you watched the movie? I did. What'd you watch? I did watch a movie. <laughs> That's cool. A couple weeks ago, you sent me a text message. I think it was after the Jurassic World episode came out. And you were like, we should talk about a movie that you like for once. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't respond because and, like, and just like every text I send you, you did not respond. I didn't respond because it makes like, me fucking irate. <laughs> I was like, "Shut up, motherfucker!" And like, I was said, like, "I don't think I can respond with that." So <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time you responded with that. <laughs> I was at work. I was busy. And I was see like, me, Mark. See me. I was like, ah, see me, fucking, man. This fucking asshole always telling me what to do. I just threw the phone across the room. I was like, "Oh, fuck off." <laughs> <sighs> Always telling you what to do. Got it. <laughs> mm. uh, sip. What are you drinking there? Uh, that's uh, lemonade. And gin? Simply lemonade. Oh, the best. Give me some money, Simply Lemonade. I am sponsoring you right that's now. That's like the fancy lemonade. Simply lemonade. Yeah, it was on sale. I usually go with the Newman's. Newman's, give me some money. I want lemonade money. All your money, all your profits go to charity. I am charity. <laughs> I have no money. Give me the money. Anyway. It's organic, you know. That's fine. Tastes great. I put it in an iced tea. It becomes an Arnold Palmer. Rest in peace, Arnold Palmer. Anyway. So, yeah, I picked a movie today that I, I like. And the next episode is a movie that I like, too. Just to spite you, I did, too. <laughs> well, I guess you really showed me. Yeah, I'm really showing you. Telling me what to do all the time. Barnes and Noble right now is having their Criterion half off sale. Cool. Have you partook? Parth. <laughs> Have you partook? I in fact did go to Barnes and Nobles and I did not partake. Huh. But I did look at them and I was like, huh. Oh yeah, that's right. I partook. I had all seventy five of my kids with me, so I didn't have time <laughs> to peruse the Criterion. I, I literally went to the Barnes and Noble in Woodenville one day. <laughs> Because they didn't have one of the movies that I wanted at the Northgate location. And they had so. everyone at Woodenville because yeah. no one wanted a criteria. Nobody was in there. 
they don't even have somebody standing behind the counter at the, you know, they used to have somebody hanging out, ringing people up in the movie and CD section. They don't got that guy anymore. They just have a sign that says, go somewhere else. <laughs> Take your purchases elsewhere. Nobody else was there. I got to peruse the whole Criterion section all by myself. That's it was awesome. fucking nice. It's sweet, right? It's so it nice. It feels good. Just like, oh, I don't have to have some fucking jamoke standing next to me, fucking breathing on me over my shoulder. Like, ah, do, they have, do they have blow up? I'm looking for the Blu-ray blow up. Do they have it? Is that naked? I need that yeah. Mike Lee's naked. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get in cold blood, but they don't have it. Can I get it on order? And they're just sweating <laughs> next to me and touching me with their arm on accident. You're gross. Don't stand so fucking close to people at, in stores. It's fucking annoying. It happens to me all the time where some motherfucker will just come up and stand right fucking next to me. Have some fucking patience and wait for me to be fucking gone. I wait for people to fucking walk away from things before I go look at them because I don't want to stand next to people. Because I hate people. <laughs> they don't want you to get to steal what they want. Yeah, man, like, man. oh, I wanted to get the breakfast club. Jesus fucking Christ. Is Back to the Future on Criterion? No. Anyway, so I bought... <laughs> <laughs> I bought six Criterions. Six? Six. I don't remember what they were. <laughs> I know one of them was Reckless Glove. Sure was. There was Kiss Me Deadly was one. Mitchum, right? Odd Man Out was another. I don't know. A couple other things. <laughs> but here's one that I bought. I like it. I know you like it. We're doing Repo Man. Nice, dude. That's a good movie. <laughs> I'm surprised. I know. I'm surprised it's on Criterion, actually. Why do you say Criterion? What are you? What is going on? Why do you have that accent on the end? It's Criterion, man. Dude, tomato, to- tomato, tomato. <laughs> this is like on on the fucking episode about your vacation. We argued about how to say penne, the pasta. Penne. <laughs> and this, oh god, and <laughs> I don't want to start this again. But just now, you just why are you pronouncing words so weirdly? <laughs> Criterion. What is that? It's like fancy mustard. (laughs) Fancy mustard. (laughs) Excuse me, do you have any Criterion? I am fancy mustard. (laughs) Look at me. Look at me. He's wearing a sumo wrestler shirt. Hey, man, let me ask you a question. Okay. You ever bought a shirt and then immediately regretted it? (laughs) Is it that one? (laughs) Yeah. I'm wearing a shirt that has a sumo wrestler on it. With, you know, he's a big guy. Yeah. He's a big fellow. He's got, you know, <laughs> it just accentuates my breasts, basically. That's wow. what it does. <laughs> you still got those pierced nipples? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. What are we talking about today? Mm-hmm. Repo Man. <laughs> you love it, right? Oh, yeah. I love yeah, it. You suggested Repo Man to me for years. Did I really? I'd never seen it. Yeah, you you'd did. always be like, you see Repo Man, and I'd be like, hey, shut up. I don't want to like, stop telling me what to do. <laughs> I, again, I tell you what to do all the time. And I finally watched it like last year, and I was like, Repo Man's fucking it's amazing. I've been missing out. I used so. to have this, this uh, soundtrack on tape. Cassette. <laughs> Cassette tape. Wow. Flip it over. Listen to the other side. Well, you know, cassettes are back, so you're really? not really dating yourself. Yeah. I mean, they were back in the in the thrash scene 
I don't think they ever left the thrash scene. Like when I was in Toxic Holocaust, I showed up at one of our first shows and somebody had a tape distro and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, it's 2004 or five at the time. And I'm like, what are all these fucking tapes? And Joel's like, yeah, you know, fucking tapes are the best. <laughs> like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, they're the worst. It's like the worst media ever invented. <laughs> like, it's terrible. It's bad. Really bad. But yeah, they're back. All the bands are putting out everything on tapes. Go to the Urban Outfitters. They're selling tapes. No. These days. Yeah, man. <laughs> they sell tapes. They got a Lord tape. Should I wear my... my they got a my St. Vincent tape. My sumo shirt to <laughs> Urban, <laughs> Urban Outfitters. Make yeah, everyone you jealous. You should. You should. It's a nice shirt. The the Thanks. logo is very small in the middle of the shirt, though. They they should have made different size screens to make it bigger for bigger shirts. Anyway, we're going to talk about Repo Good Man. Good stuff, Mark. <laughs> Thanks. Good night. <laughs> Repo Man. All right. Yes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, still can't Man? believe this is on Criterion. It is. Oh, my God. Stop saying Criterion. <sighs> Alex Cox, director, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, it's Sid and Nancy, too. No, oh, Alex man, that's Cox. so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's so, a good movie. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Repo Man. Okay. We open. There's a cop. He pulls a guy over. The guy's name is Dr. J. Frank Parnell. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Funny to me. He's driving a 1964 Chevy Malibu, which will come into play. He's on a desolate stretch of highway. The cop asks... Wait, wait, wait. He's on a desolate? Desolate. What did I say? Desolate. Whatever. It's just me slurring words. You're fancy mustard. Have you <laughs> Have you noticed that I slur my words? Even though I haven't had a drink in almost six years, <laughs> I still slur my speech all the time. <laughs> Maybe that's your problem. I think I had a stroke at some point, and this is just how I am now. <laughs> my brain hurts a lot. What's going on in there? I don't know. Anyway. Dr. J. Frank Purnell. (laughs) The cop, he has to see what's in the trunk. J. Frank's like, you don't want to look in there. Cop, you know, is a cop, and he's like, fuck off. I'll do what I want. Opens the fucking trunk up. Bright light emanates, and he's vaporized, (laughs) like down to the shoes. His smoking boots are the only thing left behind. Car pulls away. Great opening to a movie. Great opening. So next, we join up with Emilio Estevez. Otto. (laughs) Automatics. <laughs> Automatics. <laughs> this is actually, I think, this is the second Emilio Estevez movie we talked about. Maximum Overdrive being the first one. Unfortunately, in Repo Man, no child gets run over by a steamroller, but that can't happen in every movie, I guess. Is the next movie we're talking about Young Guns? Because I'm going to get really excited. <laughs> no. Damn it. But, you know, that's something for Emilio. He can put that on his resume. I was the first repeat star on the show. I saw that I'm sure he's thrilled. (laughs) He's somewhere sitting around some bar listening to us. They really liked Maximum Overdrive, so I'm a fan of the show, he says. N- not out loud, but just in his head. Because he <laughs> like, no yes. one talks to him. <laughs> no one's around him. Oh, Emilio. Where is he? Did we already... He directs movies now. He does? Yeah, I think he does TV and stuff. No. Really? I think so. All right. Fine. Anyway, Emilio Estevez, he's a stock boy at a local grocery store. Him and his sort of friend, Kevin, are stocking cans. And this scene establishes one of the funnier parts of the movie. There's no product placement 
in the movie, everything is just generic. Yep, like that's it's right. a blue and white label with what what it is written across the like front of it. Beer. Yeah, beer, beans. There's a scene where Emilio Estevez is eating out of a can that just says food. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious every time I see it. Like, potato chips. That's funny. Anyway, old, old Emilio Estevez, he gets himself fired for a shitty attitude and being late all the time. He's out of there. Kevin gets fired for some reason, too. <laughs> they both get canned. So next, they cut to Emilio Estevez in a back alley mosh pit, hanging out, moshing it out. Like, it ha- like it, you know, like you do. Yeah, like you do back in fucking 84. <laughs> just hang out in back alley mosh pits. Uh, he sees his old friend Duke, who just got out of the clink, and they're real happy to see each other. And these two bozos, they go to a party together. One thing leads to another. Emilio Estevez catches Duke in bed with his, with his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. Emilio is really bummed about this. He just got, he's <laughs> bummed. He just got fired and his, yeah. his best friend with his girlfriend. Yeah, so they're setting it up real nice that this kid, he's a punk. He's really got nothing to lose. He only point. has one earring. <laughs> he, has that one. he lost the other one. <laughs> the funny part, when he's in the, so first he's laying in bed with his girlfriend and like he's folding his pants and he goes, excuse me while I fold my pants. <laughs> it's just, there's so many good lines in this movie, so many funny fucking lines that are just like, what? It's it's, it's equally smart and stupid. Yes. That's what's so brilliant about this movie. <laughs> it's both those things. So Emilio Estevez, down on his luck, he's sitting on the train trash drinking some beers, and then he starts singing some Black Flag. He's singing fucking TV oh, party. the 80s in LA. <laughs> he's singing TV party, screaming out the TV shows, and this really raises his spirits for a five seconds and then we see him like moping around again kicking a can down the street and this is where harry dean stanton pulls up and harry dean stanton in this movie holy shit the best fucking character i've ever seen in my life (laughs) like he's so fucking crazy through the whole movie bud amazing so he pulls up (laughs) And he's like, hey, kid. And Emilio Estevez doesn't react. And he goes, hey, you hard of hearing, Ace? <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> so funny. Oh, and so Emilio, or Harry Dean Stanton, he's like, listen, my wife's pregnant. I got to get her to the hospital. I got to get her car to the hospital. I need you to grab this car. Gives him the keys. And he's like, just grab the car. Follow me. And Emilio Estevez is like, fucking pay me some money and he's like okay like 25 bucks and he's like great so Emilio Estevez he gets in the car and he's kind of dicking around and Harry Dean Stanton's like beeping the horn like come on man come on and the actual owner of the car runs out and tries to strangle Emilio Estevez and Emilio Estevez gets away and they go off to the (laughs) repo office (laughs) together. So when they get to the office, Emilio Estevez asks, he's like, what about your pregnant wife, man? And he's like, oh, she'll take the bus. She's fine. (laughs) She's she's a tough lady. And Emilio Estevez figures it all out at this point. The dumbest man alive (laughs) finally figures out what just happened. What they're doing. Yeah. They're repoing cars. Yeah. (laughs) Which I did for a minute with my buddy. Did you? Yeah. Really? I had a buddy back in uh, Alabama whose dad was repo man. It's not as cool as you think. You didn't get shot at? Uh, Yeah. You did get (laughs) shot at? (laughs) What if you went outside and you saw him? You lived in Alabama. You Mm -hmm. went outside. 
And you saw me getting in your car. I shoot at you. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I shoot a gun at you. Yeah, you would. The thing, the the offset was that we get to like go through the cars. What and take all the things? Whatever was in the car we get to take. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't know. Is that legal? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I think you just admitted to a crime. Well, it was you know. It was the eighties. Anything goes. I was young. Go on. So when Emilio Estevez, when he's clued into that this is a repo office, everybody's drinking beer the entire time. Yeah, the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. Like the owner of the repo office is like, hey, kid, want a beer? And throws Throws him a beer. beer. He cracks the beer open and just dumps it on the floor. (laughs) Oh, and like they're like, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you. Dude, fucking Emilio Estevez for like a half second was like the coolest motherfucker in the world. Right? Yeah. He really was. Damn. I mean, that's why I always say, like, what happened with Amelia? Yeah. Where did he go? I guess the same place Molly Ringwald went. She's still around. But, like, what does she do? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she was in Home Alone too. I think. <laughs> well, she's like a... No, I'm thinking of not another teen movie. She was... <laughs> she had a fucking cameo in that. Oh, who cares? Anyway. So, he's like, I don't want to be no repo man. The secretary lady, she's like... Too late, you already, you already are. are. And hands him some money. When he exit exits, we meet Miller, who is this weirdo mechanic at the repo lot. There's all these strange characters. Weird, 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 have. great, great characters. Yeah, just yeah. all of them. Not much backstory, just nope. like, here they are. There's like the cop dude, I forget what his name is, I have it written down later, but I forget what his name is, who's always crocheting. In the repo office, there's Oli, the owner, who's just constantly screaming at people on the phone. There's Bud, Harry Dean Stanton. There's Light. Cy Richardson. Cy Richardson, yeah. Harry Dean Stanton lives by one code. Yeah. Cy Richardson <laughs> lives by a completely different one. Anyway, so he meets Miller, this little weirdo, and Miller hands Emilio Estevez a tree air freshener and tells him, you find one in every car. You'll yeah, see. That's great. So back out to the desert where the cop was vaporized, a bunch of guys in hazmat suits are looking around the area while a woman in black who has a fucking metal hand <laughs> for some reason, she's looking over the area and there's some cops there and she turns to the cops and she's like, yeah, that person died of natural causes. And the cop's like, what are you talking about? He was fucking vaporized. And she's like, sometimes it just happens. People explode. <laughs> <laughs> So she jumps in the back of a van, and we find out that she's been looking for the guy with the glowing trunk. She's like a Fed or something. Right. She's some kind of agent. Yeah. Emilio Estevez. Next, he goes to his parents' house. (laughs) And his parents, they're some kind of like burnout hippie religious freaks. Right. And Emilio Estevez, this is where he gets the can out of the fridge that says food on it. (laughs) And is eating out of the can. And he asks his dad for $1,000 because his dad promised him $1,000. If he went back to school, he would give him $1,000 so he could go to Europe. And Emilio Estevez is just like, can I get that $1,000 right now? And his dad's like, no, we gave the money away to this religious channel so they could get Bibles (laughs) for people in the third world country. So at this point... It's firmly established that Emilio Estevez has nothing else going on. He has on. no options. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's like all the 80s in a, in one film. The yeah. televangelists, the ex-hippies, the punk rocks. It, it's everything. All, all wrapped in this one film. Yeah. It's pretty brilliant. And yeah, and the setup with him losing his job, losing his girl, 
not having any money, not having any other choices. It's all set up in a way that it's not beating you over the head with, this kid has nothing, <laughs> this kid has nothing. It's establishing it in a, in a very smart way, which I appreciate. Instead of having someone in voiceover tell me he had nothing left to lose, so he might as well be a repo man now. Is this a show-don't-tell lesson you're, you're this offering? Is sh- <laughs> this is a show-don't-tell right here. Christopher Nolan. We should just call this show <laughs> Show Don't Tell. <laughs> so next we join him. Did you just chastise Christopher Nolan? I did because of Inception with all that fucking exposition. Blah, 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 blah. <sighs> this is how dreams go. <sighs> next, Emilio Estevez is now a repo man. He's driving around with Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton's giving him the lay of the land. You get paid on commission. You should dress like a detective because people, if they think you're a detective, they won't fuck with you. And Harry Dean Stanton's like, you go to bed at 3 a.m., you get up at 4 a.m. But I don't do speed. And then next scene, he's fucking snorting. (laughs) 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 He's like offering him some. Here you go. (laughs) So... He also explains his weird code of ethics that he applies to being a repo man. He doesn't break into cars. He doesn't hotwire cars. He doesn't harm the contents of the car or the car itself. He's got all these fucking rules. And he also talks about how he doesn't like ordinary people because they avoid tense situations. Repo man embraces tense situations. So they go to a liquor store, pick up some booze. They leave without knowing that Duke, Elia, Emilio S.'s friend, and his ex-girlfriend, I guess, and this other guy, Archie, they're robbing the place because this is a subplot of the, the film where these three are constantly running around robbing places. Right. They're just a bunch of punk punks that are yeah. robbing. <laughs> <laughs> just, just running around. They just show up randomly in different places. Yeah. Next, Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez are cruising the spillway from Terminator 2, I believe. Well, it's L.A., so it's everywhere. (laughs) And this is where we meet the Rodriguez brothers. There's like this weird chase scene where Harry Dean Stanton's just screaming at the Rodriguez brothers, and they're flipping each other off. And (laughs) they get really close to Harry Dean Stanton's car, and Emilio Estevez is like, Yo, motherfucker! And then so they eventually go their separate ways and Emilio Estevez jumps out of the car and he's super stoked and he's like, that was intense. And and Harry Dean Stanton goes, Repo Man is always intense. Nice. And then they go to a convenience store and it was just robbed by the same people. Right, by his friends and his ex-girlfriend. And we find out that the Rodriguez brothers are like their competition or that they're car thieves, one or the other. Depends on what you believe out of Harry Dean Stanton. (laughs) He says they're car thieves. Light later says that they're just the same as the repo company. So next we got Emilio Estevez. He's out on a repo with Light this time. And Light, he has a different approach to repoing cars in that he doesn't live by this code. He's just out to get cars, any means necessary. And he carries a gun. And <laughs> a really big gun just, that he pulls out. Yeah, and he fucking hot wires cars. He breaks into cars. He doesn't care. A lot of this movie is just them driving around on repos. Just, just talking. Just hanging just, out. Just doing dumb shit. Talking. Yeah. So we go out on another repo, and Emilio Estevez takes some rich guy's car, and then he spots a woman walking down the road that he likes, and he's like, hey, you want to ride? And she's kind of like, no. <laughs> and he's like, hey, do you want to ride? And then he runs into a bunch of garbage cans. 
And this old woman starts yelling at him like, you pick it up. You pick up that garbage. And he just walks away. (laughs) And he looks at the woman who he was yelling at and he's like, do you still want a ride or what? And I'm like, she never wanted a ride. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, okay, fine. And she, yeah, it's great. (laughs) And she, she gets in. So this woman's name, her name is Layla. She sees a couple suits driving in a car and she hides from them. She tells Emilio Estevez that they'll kill her if they see her. She shows him a picture that she has of four dead aliens. And he's like, what is this, sausage? So she's looking for the guy in the car that melted the cop. Because she's like, he has the bodies. He has these four alien bodies in the trunk of the car. And as they fucking... Yeah. What's the word? Car? (laughs) No, the fucking... When you die and your body... Reincarnation? I don't know. Uh... Cremation. No, when it melt, when it melts, disintegrates. Like, what is it? <laughs> what is the? I don't word? know what you're talking about. Like when you die and you fucking rot. What's decompose? Decompose. God damn it! Decompose. That was the word that I was looking for. What is going on so, with me? So when the body decompose, it's early. <laughs> so as the body decomposes in the trunk those bodies they're letting off like a radiation oh yeah you know? okay how does she know about it i can't remember that part so they get to where she works she works at a place called the united Fruit, fruitcake, fruitcake outlet, <laughs> outlet. Yeah. United fruitcake outlet that's right <laughs> or wow ufo ufo <laughs> And he drops her off. He asks her out, and she's like, "I'm busy." And he goes, "All right, well, here's your shit." And just starts handing her stuff. And then this somehow leads to her jumping in the back seat with him and them having sex. So now he's got a love interest, but she's not really his love interest at all. She just works at this crazy UFO place and is trying to find this car and is kind of using. Emilio Estevez to try and find said car. So Emilio, he goes back to the office and he sees the picture that the woman showed him on the front of the Weekly World News. Do you remember the Weekly World News? That, <laughs> no. You don't remember that shitty fucking newspaper that used to be at the checkout line? Oh, and yeah. It always yeah, had yeah. shit on the front cover like Reagan meets with fucking UFO and fucking the Bat Boy and Sea Monster yes, attacks yeah, right the next, Jersey Shore. Right next to National Enquirer. Kind yes. Of but it was awesome because it was obviously fake stories. Well, I mean, the stories in National Enquirer are fake too. But these ones went out of their way to be fake. Right. Because it was always supernatural nonsense. Like, man, Mary's ghost. It's not a very good one, but I'm sure it was on the cover at some point. So we find out that the car, this Chevy Malibu, there's a $20,000 bounty out on the Malibu. And that, of course, stokes repo men. So I mean, it's, a, it's a lot of money. It's a lot, especially back in fucking 1984. It's like a billion dollars. <laughs> it's like a billion dollars now. <laughs> yeah. Next, Emilio Estevez and Miller are hanging out, and they're just burning stuff. That they found They're in a car. They're just stuff in the, the, the like, uh, <laughs> they got a, uh, the can. Yeah, they got a big fucking oil drum. <laughs> and just oil drum fire. Burning shit <laughs> that I assume that they got out of cars. And Miller is just talking about some crazy shit about aliens and the Bermuda Triangle and when people go missing. 
And he thinks that when people go missing, they're not actually missing, but they've time-traveled to somewhere else. And all this shit that happens, all this stuff that they say that's kind of like, what the fuck are they talking about? It all comes together in the end right. so well. Yeah. <laughs> that you're like, okay, I understand why this movie is complete genius. <laughs> Does Miller, that, that is like a character actor that's been in like a million films, yeah. too. He plays, always plays the same character. Right, kind of like Just crazy, kind of a crazy weirdo guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tracy Walter, and he's he says, you know, flying saucers are actually time machines. <laughs> and he says, I do my best thinking on the bus. That's why I don't drive. See, the more you drive, the less intelligent you are. <laughs> so word gets around about the twenty k Chevy Malibu. Harry Dean Stanton finds out. Rodriguez brothers. The basically everybody wants the car. Everybody wants the car. Yeah. Emilio Estevez, he calls Layla while the feds are listening in and tells them he knows something about the car. When he gets to Layla's job, he just tries to have sex with her and doesn't have any. He doesn't really have any information. information. He's just, he just wants to have sex or, with her, so yeah. he says he knows yeah. something about the car. <laughs> what a scumbag. <laughs> so, well, he's a punk, man. And he, and, yeah. and he inadvertently like forwards the story even though he's basically working against himself the yes. whole time. <laughs> that's, that's very true. And next, Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez are out driving around <laughs> again. <laughs> and he's talking about people not paying their, their bills in Russia. He's like, you know what will happen if you don't pay your bills in Russia? And Emilio Estevez defends Russia or is just like, everything's free there. And he's like, you a commie? <laughs> this is another great fucking Harry Dean Stanton line. He goes, you better not be. I don't want any commies in my car. And then he pauses for a second and goes, no Christians either. <laughs> it just cuts to the next scene. <laughs> so next we get back to the Chevy Malibu. J. Frank Parnell stops at a gas station and Kevin is working there now. And Kevin offers a vacuum. J. Frank gets out to puke. Rodriguez brothers pull up. They steal the car. <laughs> we get this really funny scene. Emilio Estevez is sitting in an older black woman's house. And it's the woman who played the grandmom in Don't Be a Menace. She was the grandmother. <laughs> Fun fact. Just a little side note. <laughs> side note. Something I noticed. Side note, we love Don't Be a Menace. And so <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> we really love Don't Be a Menace. <laughs> so, Emilio Estevez is sitting there and he's telling this woman, I got to take your, I'm going to have to take your car away. And then, like, her son and all his friends come in and they gather around him and they're like, what do you mean? You got to take her car away. And he's like, well, I'm going to leave. And yeah, right. <laughs> then he goes to grab her car when he leaves. But they've put the back wheels up, right, on jacks, up on jacks. So yeah. he can't fucking pull away. And they just come out and keep the, the shit out of him. Out of him. <laughs> yeah. So. So good. Back at the repo yard, Miller has a wet rag and he's putting it on Emilio Estevez's wounds while. Do you wait, wait a second real quick. Yeah. So all the repo men, it's mm-hmm. Bud. Yes. Miller, Light, mm-hmm. and Oli. Yes. Those are all beers. That is a fact. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just realize that. They're all. So, all yeah, right. Just gonna, they're all named after beers. Continue. So, Pletchner is the security guard's name that's always crocheting. He's giving a lecture to Emilio Estevez. And Emilio Estevez is, he's like, fuck you, Pletchner. And Pletchner fucking flips out on him. And he's like, you, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you'll never say fuck you to me. You haven't earned the right. 
<laughs> that was in two fucking world wars. You know, like flipping the fuck out on him. And Emilio Estevez just takes the fucking wet rag off his head and he's like, fuck you, and walks off. So the Rodriguez brothers, they're driving around in the Malibu and the Malibu is super hot from the radiation emanating from the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and they pull, they're like, let's pull over and get some soda. <laughs> So they pull over to get sodas. <laughs> One of them's grabbing sodas. The other jumps out to get a get on the phone with someone because uh, this is back before cell phones. She had, she had to get in a fucking <laughs> yeah, phone booth to call the money yep. with yep. fucking 15 cents. You got a dime? <laughs> Anybody got a dime? <laughs> <laughs> so then just as they're doing this, Duke, Archie, and the ex-girlfriend, Debbie is her name, the, the punk the punk robbers. Yes. Yeah. They come up. They're in the middle of their crime spree. They come up. They jump in the Malibu. They take off with it. Next, Layla uh, tries to meet up with Jay Frank, and they're in two phone booths that are right across the street from each other, and they're talking to each other on the phone booths, and some suits run up and try to fucking crush Jay Parnell, try to run him over in the phone booth. And the whole point of this scene is that they just kidnap Layla and they question her. And she's like, there's aliens in the trunk of that car. It's basically a rehash of that whole thing. Next, everybody's back at the fucking repo office. And they're sitting in the yard and they're drunk as fuck singing Jingle Bells. (laughs) It's it's hilarious. And they're like, we want to know who beat you up, Emilio Estevez. Because that guy needs to pay. You don't do that to a repo man. And he, he sends them, I don't even know who this person is. This guy named Humphreys. They go, they knock on this guy's house. And this guy, like, in a fucking tie and a shitty sweater opens the door and they're like are you Humphreys and he's like yeah and they just start hitting him with a baseball bat (laughs) but I'm like who's that guy (laughs) I somebody tell me who Humphreys is it's been a while since I've seen this like they just beat his ass they just beat him they hit him once in the stomach with a baseball bat and he's like oh and then it cuts to the next scene but I'm like who's Humphreys I don't know who this man is. Oh, you know what? I do know who he is. He's the, I think he's the guy from the grocery store that fired Emilio. Oh, Estevez. he's the guy. He's the grocery oh, store. Oh, it finally came together. There we go. There it is. So he sent him to beat up his old boss. <laughs> Next, Emilio Estevez meets up with Layla at some club. There's a lounge act performing. Fun fact. Circle jerks. Fun fact <laughs> is that the lounge act is the circle jerks playing lounge music. Nice. Really strange. Keith Morris up there going like, really ridiculous. So Layla is there with the woman with the metal hand. And they're trying to tell Emilio Estevez that like that car that you're looking for, it's dangerous. And Duke, Debbie, and Archie come in. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez they're like fucking teasing Emilio Estevez and he's like hey guys I'd like you to meet my friend Leela and her weird friend and dude <laughs> <laughs> so this whole conversation ends with Duke getting fucking frustrated cause Duke is like a fucking psychopath and he's just mad all the time and he goes like this he goes fuck this let's go do some crimes the, yeah, I remember the conversation. It's like in a grocery store or something like that. In no, it's, a, like, it's the bar with the It's the bar, jerks. that's yeah. right. And there. it's just insane. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and like the dude Archie, he talks like this the whole time. <laughs> Why don't you hang out with your friends anymore? 
Yeah. So outside, Jay Frank, he's trying to steal the Malibu back. And Duke and his friends arrive and they threaten him. And Jay Frank's like, I guess you would be too afraid to look at what's in the trunk. And <laughs> he makes him get zapped. Duke starts to open it, but Debbie stops him. And then Archie's like, I'm not afraid. Archie's the new leader of the gang. King Archie. The gang of three. <laughs> <laughs> and so fucking Archie opens the trunk and gets fucking and vaporized. And Duke and Debbie are like, oh. And she's like, come on, Duke. Let's just go do those crimes you were talking about. And he says, yeah, yeah. Let's go get sushi and not pay. <laughs> Jeez, that might be the most famous line from that movie. Let's go get sushi and not pay. Oh, uh, so the Rodriguez brothers catch up with Jay Frank, just as the Repo gang catch up with the Rodriguez brothers. And there's a car chase that ensues. So the Rodriguez brothers have been looking for the Malibu, and they all find it at the same time. And then fucking Harry Dean Stanton and his gang, they get the Rodriguez brothers distracted away from the Malibu, and both of them lose the Malibu because they <laughs> these two rival repo gangs hate each other so much that they just can't help themselves. <laughs> and they end up making the Rodriguez brothers crash their car, and Harry Dean Stanton's trying to hit them with a baseball bat. Uh, anyway, the point is the next... Next day, Oli tells Bud, he's like, the Rodriguez brothers are suing the repo company because of what you did. And Harry Dean Stanton gets fired, (laughs) which leads Harry Dean Stanton down a dark road (laughs) of being like shit drunk all the time (laughs) for the rest of the movie. So next, Emilio Estevez is out walking around the town and he spots the Malibu just driving erratically and he starts chasing the Malibu. And finally, Jay Frank just stops and lets him in the car. Oh, because Jay Frank is driving it. Yes. He stole it. Yeah. And it's like, is it glowing green by this point? It hasn't started glowing green yet. Okay. He's telling Emilio Estevez about how radiation is good for you and he gave himself a lobotomy and all this other shit. And then he just drops dead behind the wheel and Emilio Estevez drags him out of the car and drops him on a park bench and (laughs) then takes the car over to the repo yard then he there's a sign hanging on the fence at the repo yard party at Miller's come over so he goes to Miller's and meanwhile Harry Dean Stanton breaks in to the repo yard and steals the Malibu so god damn it next (laughs) this movie is is I remember being as chaotic as your explanation. Yeah, of it. it's just like nonstop nonsense. So next, Emilio Estevez and Harry Dean Stanton, they hook up and they go to a liquor store where Duke and Debbie come in to rob the place. Harry Dean Stanton pulls a gun on Duke and then the security guard from the grocery store at the beginning, he's there for some reason and he pulls a gun too. So we get that old Mexican standoff. Why is it called a Mexican standoff? I, I don't know. You have you have no information. I have from no information on that. I was really hoping that you could tell me. I'm sure that we'll get uh, lots of emails about it. Yes, we haven't gotten one yet. <laughs> 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 hey, I saw that movie at gmail.com. Send me a message tell about us what Mexican how much standoff. you hate us <laughs> and about what a Mexican standoff is, because we don't know. Or one of our 42 likes on Facebook, you could tell us. Just comment on the link to this that eight people see thank you facebook for your support see you on myspace <laughs> man we should get a myspace that'd be pretty good we can get cassette tapes too yep cassette tapes of every episode limited edition 
Oh, so everyone in this Mexican standoff ends up getting shot except Debbie and Emilio Estevez. Debbie takes off while Emilio Estevez talks to Duke when Duke is dying because he got shot straight in the middle of the chest. So he's dying, and Emilio Estevez is like, you'll be fine, man. You're going to be fine. And and Duke's... (laughs) Duke says, I know a life of crime led me to this fate. In the end, I blame society. Society made me what I am. (laughs) And... It's what's funny is it's a life of just stupid crime. Yeah. Like it's not even eating sushi and running <laughs> or robbing bodegas. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez is like, that's bullshit, Duke. You're just a dumb punk. <laughs> and then Duke dies. And he's like, but you'll be all right. And Duke dies. And he's like, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Emilio Estevez in this movie, he does not give a fuck about anything. One of his friends dies in front of him, and he's like, well, oh, well. Harry Dean Stanton, like, got grazed on the ear with a bullet, but he's laying on the ground, and Emilio Estevez, like, kind of looks at him and is like, ugh, and just takes off. (laughs) So after this, Emilio Estevez gets picked up by the feds. They strap him down, and the woman with the metal hand and Layla torture him until Marlene, who's the secretary at the repo office, she's been working with the Rock Rodriguez brothers on the side. I don't know what the whole relationship there is. They break in, save Emilio Estevez. They go to the hospital. They find Harry Dean Stanton. They find him by, there's a, one of the Christmas tree or one of the pine tree air fresheners hanging on his doorknob. Because <laughs> he has it everywhere. Yeah, right? and that's everywhere. how they find where he is. <laughs> and Emilio's like hey man you really need to tell me where the Malibu is feds break up the party before they can get any answers the feds chase the Rodriguez brothers and the rest of the gang around the parking garage and they say you know Harry Dean Stanton he's got the Malibu so they run back to find him but he's already gone and he's taken off in the Malibu (laughs) and at this point the Malibu has started glowing green right and it's that kind of green that looks like they colored on the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's cool. So Emilio Estevez goes back to the yard and finds Harry Dean Stanton sitting behind the wheel of the glowing green car. The feds show up. They're in a helicopter. Harry Dean Stanton gets out of the car fucking yelling at the helicopter. And he yells, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. <laughs> And they shoot the fucking shit out of him. (laughs) Oh, so this is a point where everybody shows up. And there's a bunch of feds in hazmat suits, and they're trying to get close to the car, but the car's shooting fucking lightning bolts out. And they just burst in the flames. They burst in the flames. It's fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And no one can get near the Malibu. While no one else is able to get near it, Miller, he just walks up and gets right in. This is a guy who had the, the crazy eccentric guy who had, he was a mechanic. Yes. Who had all the weird theories about about time, time travel, travel and everything else, and he always just said weird shit. He just gets, you know, he walks around, gets in the fucking car, and he looks at Emilio Estevez, who's sitting there on the ground holding Harry Dean Stanton, and he's sitting there with Layla, and he beckons Emilio Estevez to get in the car, and Emilio Estevez is like, "You don't even know how to drive," and he's like, "Come on," and he Emilio Estevez kind of smiles. And starts to go toward the car, and Layla grabs him and is like, what about our relationship? And he goes, fuck that. And so Emilio Estevez, and this is where the movie just like, what the fuck is happening now? (laughs) He gets in the car, 
and the car starts floating upward, and they fly away. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez, they're like, the car's floating over like stock footage of a fucking city. And Emilio Estevez goes, like, is looking out the window, and he's like, wow, this is intense. And Miller says, life of a repo man is always intense. Nice. There it is. <laughs> and credits roll <laughs> backwards. <laughs> Credits roll down the screen. <laughs> I had totally forgotten that he got in the car with Miller and took off. Yeah. Wow. So what do you make of all that? <laughs> of everything I just probably, said? Probably the best movie of 1984. Yes. I'm not sure what else came out then, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that movie is fucking crazy. One of the best soundtracks ever. Oh, yeah. Dude, seriously. If you, if you haven't heard that, that soundtrack, you should really seek it out. It's yeah, fantastic. Iggy Pop wrote the... Theme song that plays at both the beginning and the end. Black Flag. Black Flag. Uh, suicidal Tendencies. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Suicidal. They're at a house party and fucking Suicidal Tendencies is playing in the background. Institutionalized. It's institutionalized. <laughs> the plugs. Fear. Fear. Circle yeah. Jerks have a song in there, too. Yeah. You know, it's a cacophony of early 80s punk. And yeah, great movie. So Alex Cox is the director. Besides Sid and Nancy, what else has Alex Cox gotten up to? <laughs> What's he gotten up to? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a pretty good run there for a bit. I think he's still alive, maybe. He did Sid and Nancy Street to Hell, mm-hmm. uh, Walker, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. Never seen it. Ed Harris film. And he, he made a film called Highway Patrolman a little bit after that that I really enjoyed. Huh. i never seen any of those. You've seen it? Just check them out. I think Walker's in Criterion. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> now he, he also did a. Uh, looks like he did like a, he, a repo chick. Yes, he did a sequel. I, I can't even. In ni- what was it? Nineteen ninety nine. That that. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. That's even worse. Yeah, I can't. Even worse. I, like he kind of revisited a, a few things, like Straight to Hell. There's another Straight to Hell. Oh. Uh, I can't two. imagine that the Repo Man sequel is good. I I don't even want to. I don't want to know. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things like when you make a sequel to a movie many years after the original. I don't feel good about it. They're putting out another Zombie Land. It's been like ten it's been fucking a long, years. It's been a long time. Zombie Land. Yeah. Why? There's so many things you could make. <laughs> There's just. So many scripts floating around on Earth. Why do we have to keep revisiting all this bullshit? <laughs> Same material. I think it's got to be uh, mentioned that Robbie Mueller shot this film. Robbie Mueller, you know, rings a bell for you. <laughs> you know, I don't know, like, anyone's names. You know cinematographers, like, fucking, you're a book of them. He was... Uh, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> this guy shot movies... Well, he shot Paris, Texas with Harry Dean Stanton. Vim, I never saw that. Vim Vendors. Vim Vendors? Come on. No? <laughs> Who's, Who's Vim Vendors? <laughs> Does he fill vending machines? He fills vending machines. <laughs> he makes uh, films. He's uh, I think he's German. Uh, he also made a bunch of, he shot a bunch of films with Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Yeah. Did he do coffee and cigarettes or something? <laughs> Is that somebody else? He did. Wow. See, I know something. He shot, uh, I think, a Von Trier film. Breaking the Waves. Lars Von Trier. Lars Von Trier. Man, of the, I do of the not like anything that guy does. Sorry, Lars von Trier. He shot a, a winter bottom film, 24-hour party people. I don't know Dude, what you're talking you, you about. <laughs> Fuck, man. You're just saying things to me. Okay, 24-hour party anyway, people about Robbie Mueller, and all that shit. Robbie yeah, Mueller is a very <laughs> famous cinematographer who did a lot of art films, and it's funny enough that he shot this film, which, which you know, probably is a... One of the reasons why it stands out. It's gorgeous. I mean, it really is. Dude, you got to see the fucking Criterion. Oh, like, yeah? Like, the transfer is 
beautiful. It looks like you could just step into it. All right. I'm going to have to borrow that. <laughs> You're going to have to buy it. That's on a no loan. <laughs> Is that on a no loan? It's a no loan. Did you get a wrestling figure with I it? I can't trust you. <laughs> You'll never give it back. I did just get a Sting wrestling figure to complete the set up there that I have hanging on the wall of the WWE Retro. The Retro set? Retro set. I have sets one, two, and three. (laughs) They've already come out with four and five, but I can't keep spending like $60 on wrestling figures. I don't even know anything about wrestling these days. I can't. I mean, I I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Why? You don't want to. It's just like it, it passes through my brain. You know, I you see trust it. me. I, I watch. See I see it every now and then. I'm like, what is going? Oh, what is this? This is wrestling now. What? And then it like disappears. I, I watch wrestling all the fucking time still, and I don't know why. Because it's so fucking terrible now. They do the same shit every single week. It always starts with a couple of dudes coming to the ring and talking to each other. Oh, I'm going to tell you that I want to fight you at some point. And then it just goes on and fucking on. And then somebody else comes out and like, I'm going to make a match for later tonight. And then somebody else interrupts that match and it just goes fucking on and on it's same show every fucking week and they've done it a thousand fucking times but this is the wrong place for me to be so talking about say, my wrestling grievances at, at, <laughs> at risk of alienating all our wrestling fans we love you oh they know how much i hate it they hear me on brian and Vinny's show when i'm on that what's brian and Vinny's show year. it's called the brian and Vinny show oh great brian and Vinny show <laughs> <laughs> they don't need a blog. pretty original pretty original title <laughs> <laughs> they don't need a plug. They have plenty of fans. <laughs> I have to go on their show to get us fans for fuck's well, sake. Well, hopefully our fans will watch Repo Man because uh, yeah, it, it's I mean, fantastic. Go and go and watch Repo Man. That's fine. That's it. That's all. R.I.P. Robbie Mueller, man. Get in it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just raised his eyebrows at me in a very seductive way. This show is over. Hey, this is Mark from I Saw That Movie. Why does this episode have an outro, you might be asking yourself. Well, I'm making a new movie, and I want you to go to Facebook and give us a like. It's facebook.com backslash Tungusfilm, T-O-N-G-U-S. While you're there, check out our Indiegogo campaign, because that's basically why I'm doing this, so you'll give me some money. And while you're on Facebook, you might as well give this show a like, too. It's facebook.com backslash I Saw That Movie. Thanks for listening.